Hey there, RHPers. As you may have noticed, this week's episode has been split into two parts. Chris and I had a lot to talk about regarding this year's E3 conference, so make sure to tune in next week for the epic conclusion, and until then, enjoy this week's episode. Open your ears and crack some beers, you are listening to episode 5 of Retro Hangover. I am Chris Copeland, and I am here with the maestro of Mario making, the expert of the Electronics Exposition Entertainment, screwed that up, Expo, uh, E3, y'all, E3, Shane Kosky, and it is June 20th on episode 5 of Retro Hangover, and we're going to bring you some excellent entertainment this evening through your ears over the sweet, sweet kilobits and megabits over the streaming service of your choice with the E3 episode. Shane, how you doing? Not bad. Not bad. We're we're doing we're doing that thing. That thing that everybody's doing right now. If that, you wanted some some freaking E3 info, we're going to fill your ear holes with it. That's what's going to happen right now. We got to do an E3 episode. Everyone does an E3 episode. Well, yeah. Of course. I, I mean, we're going to be the cool kids. <clears throat> but yeah, no. Doing pretty good. Pretty good. But but before we get to E3, I've been doing uh, all things considered, not not bad, not bad. Um, been uh, been playing more of the record keeper as is with every week. The retro hang, the retro hangover podcast official show game. Yes, that's right. We're unofficially sponsored by Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Available now on iOS and Android, probably somewhere. Uh, But yeah, I've been working through the event on that so that I can get the memory crystals so that I can break the level caps of the characters that I have not actually reached level cap with yet. But, you know, it's preemptive, so figured I'd get it done now. Uh, Other than that, playing some Guacamelee, like Ultimate Tournament Fighter Edition or whatever the shit it's called. Is that game Um, good? I heard it was really fun. It is really good. Yeah, is the humble is the humble Nindy bundle still going? Because they had they had those bundles go for like a month or so. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to look. I mean, it was on there. But that is where I got it from. Yeah, the the, the humble Nindy bundle, uh, which was cool. That was like the first time that humble bundles ever done anything quite like that. So, um, yeah, picked that up. Been playing through that on my Wii U. Um, really enjoying it. It's I like the aesthetic definitely. Um, it's very like balls-to-the-wall Mexican, <laughs> like, in every way possible. You call me racist. Um, I mean, I mean, it's true, man. Like, you play a luchador. What, that like, I'm racist or this Mexican? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> and of course, as much as I like, kind of don't like the term. It it is a Metroidvania for all intents and purposes, and um, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, other than that, I don't think what else. Oh, hey, so there's that Steam sale that's still going on. Yes. Well, have you picked anything more up? My good news. Like, yeah. As expected. Well, see, here's my like first world gamer problem is that every time a Steam sale comes up now, it's like I look through the list of games and at least half of them are marked like in your library. I'm like, oh, I already own this. Like, some of which I, it's a surprise to me, like the second time around, where I'm just like, oh shit, I actually own that game. That's amazing. Maybe I'll get to play it someday. If I remember. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I picked up a few more things. Honestly, for the life of me, I cannot even remember what they were because that's kind of how Steam works. I'm just like, hey, that thing's like $3, and I bought it, and now it's in my backlog somewhere. But you got to get a new trading card deck. <clears throat> increase your EXP uh, or XP. Yeah, you know, actually, speaking of that... Which I have shit. no idea how to do. Today is the last day, too. No, 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 it's, it's 48 hours. It ends on the 22nd. You still have a full oh. two days. Okay, good. Yeah, Because, like, that just reminded me I need to now go look and see which summer sale trading cards I don't have and see if I can finagle a way to get the rest of them. It's so nice not caring about that. I need the badge, man. I I, I don't have any badges. I need the it's badge. It's so nice. I think, like, level four. <laughs> I don't know how to make badges. You just, you just collect cards. That's literally all you do. I, I get it. that, but like, I have to like put it on a marketplace and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't understand this. Why? Why am I doing that? For the, for the badges. What, what does that do for me? It gets you XP. Then what? What exactly is that doing for me? It makes you cool. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> it's important for reasons, okay? <laughs> you play the... So you play the meta game and I'll just enjoy the game. I mean, I enjoy the game, too. I, yeah, of course. Like, you have to. You have to get, it, like, half of them you know, it, by playing them. It is a... Actually, you, all you really need to do is just leave a game running for about two hours. <laughs> and you'll get the badges. <laughs> and you get the cards. But, uh... But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. There's been a lot going on this week, so I haven't had a chance to really play a whole lot other than my mobile games. And Oh, and I'm still... Kind of slowly working my way through Ocarina of Time on my 3DS. I just got into the Fire Temple today, so making my way through that. Is that far? I don't know. I haven't played not, it in like not, 20 years. I mean, not really. There's what, like, what, seven? Seven sages, I think. Something like that. Hmm. And I think there's, and you get one sage like medallion right off the bat when you go into like adult link mode so there's gotta be like what at least five or six temples to get through if I recall so not really I still got a ways to go well at least it's fun you'll enjoy it getting there it's the journey right it, it is the journey not, Zelda. not the destination yes. yes especially for Zelda games yeah definitely so what about you Chris what you been up to uh been playing, uh, still playing the uh, Splatoon game, mm. doing the Splatoon stuff uh, as much as I can. I probably get about an hour in per night. Uh, still doing my anime binges. I'm finding myself staying at work longer, and that's fun, I guess, for lack of a better word. Keeps me busy. But playing Splatoon, 
And then I've been playing Final Fantasy Type-0, or trying to. Hmm. I have no idea how that game is supposed to work. Uh, I think I'm just... I'm playing the game, and I'm winning battles just because I don't know. And... Uh, this sounds people, solid. I like this. Everyone's like, the battle system's so good. So, so how the battle system works is you get to... Like, you have a like a party of 12, and you have you can have three out at a time. Mm-hmm. And you only control one character. And you have to select commands that the character can do. Um, so there's, like, close-range attacks, and there's long-range attacks. So naturally, if I'm going to have something where I'm the only guy who controls something, I'm going to send the two morons AI, and they can go and do the melee crap while I sit behind and just spam range attacks. That's how I do it. Um, Seems smart. Now, some of the things I don't understand is, like, some range attacks are weird, and the, the close range attacks I don't quite understand, like I said. And then it, like, offers you help, like, bots that come in. It's like, oh, these these bots that come in could be fun, because they have these things that come in and they assist you, and I thought they just come in and assist and they leave. Well, apparently when these bots come in, your two characters that are fighting with you don't gain any experience. And just the main character does. I just didn't understand it. and Great, so this sounds like grindy as shit. It's, it can be. I don't... Not that that's surprising. There really, seems but. to be a lot going on. It's very hectic, but not in a good way. Mm. Like, you, you do a mission. Like, missions are essentially your battles. First of all, the opening to this game is just incredible. It's, it's something to be seen. It, it really kind of captures, not that I would know... But it kind of captures uh, what, what you would think war would kind of be like. Like, you have this guy that's on the edge of death. He doesn't want to die, and you see him die. And it's it's very emotional. It's very cool in the beginning of the game. But, like, it, there's just so much going on. There's those battle systems. And then it had me another mission where I'm supposed to, like, take over towns. And then it becomes this kind of tactical kind of strategy game, which I kind of thought sucked because you had to run between cities and you're slow as shit. And there's a lot going on. And it's... I don't know. I'm going to try to keep on continuing to give it another chance. I haven't even touched the Final Fantasy 15 demo yet uh, that came with the game. But eh, I'm going to continue to try and plug along and see what I can do with it. Other than that, you know, Record Keeper, Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Been trying to do what I can with that. And uh, the Steam Summer Sale. Been making purchases on there. Finally got Torchlight 2. Came at a right price. Got Bastion. Uh, oh. That game looks really interesting. That was at a you really good price. Oh, wow. You haven't played that yet? I haven't played Bastion yet. Oh, uh, that's a really good game. I, 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 I also kind of want to get Transistor, but I want to get it for the PS4, because that game looks really good, too. And I want to play Bastion to see if I would like it first. Okay, so <clears throat> Transistor was good. I, had, I got it on sale from Steam. Not this sale, but sometime before. And um, I enjoyed it, and it was very similar in a lot of ways to Bastion. Both, like, I, I don't want to say thematically, but... It, 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 it it followed the same thing that they did, where like you have this sort of like voiceover that sort of narrates things as you go along. I don't feel like they did it as well this time around, and I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna spoil anything, but like the way that it happens and the the way that that game flows is not quite the same. I will say the battle system was really cool. Um, the mixing and matching of uh, different abilities and modifiers and stuff is like crazy extensive in that game. So that is pretty cool. But overall, I think I like Bastion a lot more. So is it more is it simpler? Just more fun? It's, so it's a little bit 
simpler in like the mechanics, but I feel like they did a much better job with like the narrative and how it was presented in Bastion. Um, that and for me at least, like there was a much bigger emotional impact with like how that story ends up culminating. So you're you're gonna like it. I, I think, think you're so. gonna like it. Uh, the other major pickup I made was uh, System Shock Two. Yeah, it was ninety nine fucking time. Ninety nine cents. What's, what's with that game? Because it's like, look, it, it's like there's System Shock Two. Yeah. And no one's ever talking about System Shock. No one, no one talks about that. It's, it's kind of like the Street Fighter Two of first person shooters. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, it's like there's System Shock Two. Like, Street Fighter 2, no one gives a shit about Street Fighter. Then you have Bioshock and all the other Bioshocks. It was kind of like Street Fighter Alpha. Well, because the first System Shock, like, it had the right idea, but not the right execution, necessarily. And then with System Shock 2, they basically took that, but refined it and made it much better. And plus, Shodan is fucking a great villain, like, throughout that whole thing. So... All I can say is it's about goddamn time, and you picked it up on PC, which yes. means that you should be able to go and get, like, the high-res mod for it. Oh, yeah, because that game's and old as dirt, so I should, yeah, that, yeah. Anything, that game should be played in max settings. Yep, and that's that's what I did. Like, there's a, I don't remember where you can get it, but it's pretty easy to find. Um, but you get, like, the high-res uh, mod for it, and... There's also, I think it's actually like sort of a package deal where there's like an all-encompassing mod that will do like the high res and it will also do a lot of bug fixes for the game that it needed and never got and um, that kind of thing. You're going to so. have to show me how to do this after this because I've never, I haven't put a mod in in a long time. I can't even remember last time I put a mod in. I just it's, know. It's, for the it's most part, while. for the most part, it's really just a matter of like unzipping like the mod in the right area, and it'll just overwrite like files. Right. That's that's so. how I remember doing it when I did it a long time ago. This was a while ago, and you just put that file in a certain one of the folders, and then it reads it directly from from the game itself or something. Yeah, like that. and it'll probably be like a modified exe, and that's about it. But but I would definitely recommend doing that if you're going to play it. So uh, I got a lot of games. Got a lot, a lot of more games to play. <laughs> A lot um, of more games. A lot of more games. We do the English good here. Well, I, we are retro hangover. We are. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of our mo to listen. Just don't be enjoying under. Just don't under don't, some adult beverages. Don't don't expect much. Really, is what we're trying to say. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> but oh, one thing I did remember: uh, fucking Fallout Shelter, man. Just get that. I have. I have Fallout 1, 2, and Tactics. No, no, uh, no. It's a mobile game that they just released in conjunction with, like, the Fallout 4 info. Oh. It's called Fallout Shelter. Oh, that was... that. I'll, I'll be honest. That's one thing I was disappointed with this week, is I went to GameStop, because I remember Fallout 3 being... Not, like, the Game of the Year edition, just Fallout 3 being, like, $3 or $4 or something yeah. like that. Did they did they take it's the like opportunity now? <laughs> so they took the opportunity with the announcement to like jack their price. I, I think basically. they've been anticipating this because I think it was ten for a while. Because as soon as it was announced, we went over there to check it out and it went up to ten. So I'm very disappointed. I could have gotten on PC for like two seventy four, but this goes to my other story. People remember this. This is something I've always been uh, pretty cautious about. Hmm. Apparently, my wife was not very cautious, and unfortunately, ah, yes, our. Our children discovered how to make in-app purchases, so my Steam summer sale 
was cut short to the tune of, oh, $700. We're going to be able to recoup that. But that, yeah, it's that rough. was a good thing. It's rough. It's, man, that it's terrible. Like, how did they, because I thought you could set, like, locks on that so they couldn't. We thought we did. Apparently we didn't. Or, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know how it happened. Um, well, at least for a short time, Clash of Clans got, like, $500. Clash of Clans got, got $500. $500. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's bad. But. You know, we uh, we made the proper phone calls. We should be getting that that back. So I'm not mm. overly concerned anymore. Kind of sucks for the time being, but you know, because I think it's been going on longer than what we think it's been going. Looking back at the transaction, it's been going on for a while. So potentially thousands of dollars in in-app purchases, and I know I want to think about it. Uh, I don't want to think about it. Uh, well, anyway, yes. Fallout Shelter is pretty cool. It's you basically like manage your own um, Fallout vault, where it's like a resource management thing where you like build an underground vault and you have to build certain rooms, like a power generator and like water purification and all that stuff. And like survivors will show up periodically outside that you can then bring into your vault, and they live there, and they all have different stats. Like the special wait, you never played Fallout. Have you ever played any of the Fallout games? I've played Fallout 1 and 2. Okay, I think they used that. The stat system was called Special, because like it was like Strength, Perception, like Charisma, blah, blah, blah. You can adjust all your stats and get certain buffs and traits and well, stuff like that. Right, but I mean, specifically, like the the like, stat distribution, the, the acronym... Had a name to it? ...was called Special, because... I didn't pay attention to no stupid-ass acronym. It's important, man. Like that's been a thing for a while. I, why did I care? Why would I care? I, I just viewed it like D and D stats. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, they don't make a stupid ass acronym in D and D. Yeah, but this one spells special because yeah. it's special. It sure is special. It is very special. Yeah. But anyway, every one of the vault dwellers has their own special stat distribution, and each room is like based on one stat. So like you have to assign people to certain rooms to maximize the output of you know the resources and everything and then you get random stuff that happens like raiders will show up and try to fuck up your shit or like radioactive rad roaches will like burst through the floor and you have to deal with it and stuff so it's pretty cool mm. yeah free. it's yeah it's it's free to play and like you can buy like their premium thing is lunch boxes <laughs> um but you really don't need it like you so far i have not had a single reason to buy anything and you also get lunch boxes for completing certain like objectives like collect a hundred water or something like that so like mithril in a record keeper right yeah pretty much the same same thing so speaking of that again i i got back up to like 50 something mithril so i did another 11 pull and ended up getting like two five star weapons i got clouds buster sword which is pretty sweet now you can do Omni Slash. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can, and and I do. Yes. So, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about E3. Let's talk about what's on tap. we're going to start off the conversation with Microsoft's presentation. Everybody's favorite operating system developer and uh, shiller of various things that you somehow require. 
but you don't really want. <clears throat> Although I will say the free upgrade to Windows 10 is pretty cool. So there's that. I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because eight sucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm still rocking seven. I, I didn't want to deal with eight, but anyway. They got some pretty cool stuff that came out of there. Um, first up on the docket would be uh, probably one of the biggest ones, I think. Uh, backwards compatibility. I'll say this. This is when I heard that Microsoft was implementing this into the Xbox One. Uh, I, I instantly started thinking, why the fuck do I own a PlayStation 4? I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. This This thing was huge. This is actually the first time that I have reconsidered my my plan of in eventually buying a PS4. Like, from the announcement of these consoles, I was dead set that I was going to get a PS4 and I didn't want an Xbox One at all. And now, especially because I don't own a PS3 and I have a 360, so I have a library of games for that, having that backwards compatibility is a very serious consideration for me now. Now... I mean, it's not perfect. It's no, not, it's far from perfect. It has yeah. some issues. Uh, one of the major issues, of course, is being that it's not going to be compatible with every Xbox 360 game. It's going to be very similar to how it was with the Xbox 360 and how it treated Xbox. Mm. Whereas they're going to have to do periodic updates with what's compatible and what's not compatible. Because I'm still sitting on a copy of the Warriors for the Xbox that I can't play. Um, yeah, so that's completely worth it. But uh, it's interesting, too. I mean, this came a year and a half after the system was out. But I can't complain too much. A lot of people are questioning why it's there. Just just enjoy the fact it's there. Uh, don't, it doesn't matter what when it comes out. But it's out. And the games are limited. It's going to be limited to mostly first party. Uh, the, the weird thing is, is that Microsoft needs permission from the developers in order to put these old 360 games on the Xbox One to be backwards compatible. And I think we all kind of know what's going on there, especially what's been going on with this generation and the games being released. Oh, uh, did, did you... Are you referring to perhaps the the HD remaster? Would, yeah. that, would that be what you're mm-hmm. talking about? Remaster everything? Yeah. 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 Just let's remaster everything and make a quick buck. So... If you're expecting, if you still own a 360 and you haven't upgraded to the Xbox One or PS4, like me, yes, like a lot of people actually. Mm. But if you're thinking, oh, if I get an Xbox One, I can play those copies of uh, my old Mass Effect. Actually, Mass Effect is a game that is going to be on there. But if you're thinking, like that's a good example, Chris. Yeah, great example. Um, If you're thinking like the original Gears of War, which isn't on that list, is going to be compatible anytime soon. Probably well, not. hell no, but you know what? You can totally pick up the Gears of War Ultimate Edition. Exactly. Which is the remaster of the original game. So, Or if you think you can pick up any of the Bat... If you think they're going to make any of the Batman games, the Arkham games, compatible with the Xbox One anytime soon, mm. either. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. There's probably a lot of games out there that they're playing on... You know, developers going to re- want to re-release in HD... And they're not going to allow that as a, as a backwards compatibility. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, and so, yeah, so like you said, I mean, initially, at the very least, the lineup's going to be pretty pretty limited. And um, I guess this is supposed to be rolling out publicly sometime in the fall of this year. But uh, if you wanted to take, <clears throat> I don't know, a more cynical outlook on it, um, which I am always game for, you could... 
very well make an argument to say that, you know, this is probably just some sort of like stopgap measure on Microsoft's behalf to alleviate some of the the concerns and and gnashing of teeth about how there really is just a dearth of actual new games coming out right now. So instead of releasing new shit, we're going to let you play some old shit until we get around to actually doing that. I don't think it's necessarily a lack of new games. It's just new games anyone gives a shit about. I think part of the problem is is that they're still releasing these games on previous consoles. And the fact that on the... They're still pretty. I mean, they're developed for the previous consoles at first, and they're just kind of up-resing them to the new generation. Yeah. I think once they make that defining split and say, "Hey, this game isn't going to be on the 360 and, and PS3," and they're starting to do that finally, two years after, it's been a painful transition. And I think part of the fact that has been such a painful transition has been the fact that none of these systems have backwards compatibility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I. As much as I, you know, like the the shiny new hotness as much as anybody else, I um, I have to say I'm actually glad that I have not jumped on this bandwagon yet because it seems like uh, seems like there still needs to be a lot that needs to get ironed out, and I am more than willing to wait until that happens and also inevitable price drops. Would, would Please you be, also give me those. Now, do you think you'd be like more willing to buy that thing? Would you be more willing to get an Xbox One or PS4 if they came up with backwards compatibility out of the gate? Like, right out of the gate? Uh, Xbox would, One, because you already got the 360 the, those games. Right. Um, yes. Like, I, I probably would have been more likely. I still don't know if I would have done it, because honestly, I have a hard time justifying spending that much money on a new console... Especially with the fact that even if they announce the backwards compatibility, you're still facing a very sparse lineup of like actual games to take advantage of the hardware. Well, I so. mean, I, I mean, ideally, if every game like when the PlayStation Two came out, yeah, and you could play every single PS One game, mm-hmm. and the PlayStation Three when it first came out with the sixty gig and had the motion engine in there, you could play every every PS Two game. Same yeah. with the Wii and the GameCube. Right. I mean, that for me, that was that was a huge reason why I wanted a PS2. And it was a huge reason that, I mean, I didn't get it at the time because it was a $600 behemoth of a system. <laughs> um, that was a reason I did want a PS3 is I didn't have to give it my PS2 library. I had games I could still purchase and buy and have a new system that when its new games came out, I could go pick up. And I could still pick up the games that were relevant at the time. The Xbox One and PS4 didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a year and a half afterwards. It sucks that it took so long for them to finally realize that, because that should have been out of the gate to ease the transition from 360 users to Xbox One users to wean them onto their new system, which I thought the PS2 did very well. Uh, but, you know, it's it's here. Yeah. Limited, I mean, but it's here. I, yeah. And, and I think... I don't know. I mean, there are certainly, like, technical considerations. And I feel like that was actually brought up at some point, like, in the discussion of why these new consoles didn't have backwards compatibility is because the farther we go in these generations of machines, the harder it is to... Convince developers to not make HD remakes? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes, but but from a just a technical standpoint, like, it's harder to... Um, allow for the play of those older games like on a new machine because 
of how like because like you know going from like a PS1 to a PS2 or something like that the tech at the time was not as like advanced as it is now and so it's like more difficult plus you're going with with especially with this you know these machines were going from one very radically different architecture to another so i'm sure that there are very valid reasons for it but as a gamer i don't care and i just want my stuff and i want it now because because reasons but um now this is good this is good and and like I said, this might actually sway me to eventually getting an Xbox One instead of a PS4, but that still remains to be seen because, I don't know, there's there's still some good stuff for PlayStation that I'm not sure I want to miss out on. But one of those things, regardless of what you own, whether this PlayStation 4 or Xbox One or PC, mm. but was featured more at Microsoft conference this year, which is why we're going to be addressing this, is Fallout 4. Yeah. Now, one of the major reasons they were addressing Fallout 4 at Microsoft Conference is something that consoles have never done before, really. And that is allowing mods with the games on the system. Fallout 4 is going to allow PC mods on your Xbox One. Now, closing that gap even more between PCs and consoles. Yeah, this is great for you know console owners because this was one of the reasons why and I we've covered this before actually where I have always said I would never buy any uh, any Bethesda game on a console uh, because of the modding scene I mean the mods are really what make those games um, and I feel like if you're playing an, a completely unmodded like stock version of let's say Skyrim or Fallout 3, or, or New Vegas, or something like that on a console, I actually feel like you're getting an inferior experience, which, as Chris pointed out, is probably not a ringing endorsement for Bethesda. But, at the same time, I feel like they have, you know, Bethesda has some really good ideas, and they, they get a pretty solid base, and then, you know, the modding community takes over for the rest of it and fixes some shit, and then also adds really awesome stuff that you wouldn't otherwise see. So this is cool. Um, it's supposed to be coming sometime in 2016 for Xbox One, and uh, <clears throat> from what I gathered, not everything... It's not going to be quite as open as the PC modding scene, where, like, if you buy Fallout 4 on Steam, you, pretty much anybody can put anything on, like, the Steam Workshop, and you can just mod it right into your game. Evidently, it's going to be probably, I guess, slightly more curated, would be the right term, um, for the Xbox. So you might not have access to everything, and the details on how that is going to take place is still unknown at this point but even with that I mean this is a, a huge step so I'm actually pretty impressed that, that this is happening I, I don't know how console gamers are going to react I think that's going to be the most interesting thing console gamers never have had to deal with anything like this I'm actually just wondering how Microsoft is going to handle it because if you go and mod Skyrim like right now on mm -hmm. Steam you have to be aware of certain things like mod conflicts. Like, certain mods change certain game files, and if you have two mods that change the same game files in the background, they will conflict, 
and they will break the shit out of your game. And so I don't know how they're going to make that a user-friendly experience for someone on a console so that they can just go and, like, check some boxes and say, like, I want this, this, and this. And then also ensure that they're not going to launch their game and have it be totally busted. Now, here's a question. Other than just breaking the game, can a mod, theoretically, if I took a mod made on the PC to be designed to go over to the Xbox One, could you write in the mod, in the code for the mod, I'm not very familiar how they make mods, but in the code for the mod, could you make it that when you implemented it on Xbox One, you could do some potentially malicious things in terms of business like if I wanted to make a mod and all of a sudden now I'm on Fallout 4 and I've installed a mod that mod can make it so I can bypass the payment fee for Xbox Live is that possible? <laughs> I n- no I'm going to go ahead and say no because I don't think that any of those systems are like intertwined in that way at all like that I mean, you, you can replace files though and stuff like that and how how much of the files can be replaced to a certain extent. That's that's why it asking. would be it would be regu- it would be relegated to just like the file system for the actual game itself. Like it would be like basically quarantined so that mod files wouldn't be able to like reach out into the rest of like the system and and fuck around with things. So it could only be stored in that memory for Fallout Four. Yeah, I mean, it would just be in that install directory, and I mean, there's a potential for that to happen on the PC, not necessarily with, like, you know, subscriptions or whatever, but, I mean, there are certainly cases where viruses or other malicious shit has ended up in mods, so you always have to be a little cautious of that, which is also why you generally, well, before the Steam Workshop, you would go to places like, um... Skyrim Nexus, I believe it's called, a website where they just, that's what they do. Like, they host mods and review them and and make sure that, you know, no shady shit is happening. So, presumably, that's going to be something that Microsoft is now going to have to take on as their responsibility, which is curating these mods that come through and making sure that there isn't any crazy bullshit that people are trying to slip under the radar. It's not to say that it won't happen, because, like, even with Steam, you know, sort of curating their workshop to a certain extent, some shit still ends up on there occasionally. Speaking of Steam and bullshit, that sure. happens every once in a while, uh, early access, that's something that we associate with Steam. Uh, this is this is where Microsoft, as uh, their conference and their business decisions kind of irritate me. I think it's called uh, Xbox Preview, is what they're calling it. Yep. And essentially what it is, is it's early access for Xbox One. Uh, For those of you who don't know what early access is, uh, if you're mostly a console gamer, early access is something that has started on Steam, where developers are putting out what is essentially betas, if they're even betas. It's, they're not even betas. Not even betas. You're lucky in a lot of cases if you even get, like, alpha level code. Most of the time, it is just, like, some bare bones shit. So they put these on Steam, and they're gonna charge you what is essentially full price for this game, if you wanna call it that, because in the promise that you will get the full version of this game when it releases if it releases so for for anybody that 
has been listening to us uh, in the past up until this point, this might sound very similar in that you run into a lot of these same issues with things like Kickstarter, where you are paying for something. You are paying for an idea, basically, with the hope that the thing you're paying for will come to fruition and you will actually have a game for that, you know, however many ducats you shelled out for it. Like, well, at least it's more than ago. an idea in this case. I mean, there's at least something there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, m- maybe. Like, some of those early access games really are just like, so I have this idea for a game and I kind of threw together some shit in Unity and, like... You can pay me some dollars, and you can check it out, and here's all the things that I'd like to do with it, so I could use the money to continue making it. That's really how this ends up. So, the real problem is is that Valve has been dealing with this for a while now, with this early access system, they where... They just cut it off. Huh? I think they just need to cut it off. Eh, it'd probably be for the best, but they've been having a lot of problems with it because, you know, people have been basically abusing the system or just not following through on their promises. Uh, for example, this was, and this was a terrible idea in my opinion, by the way, but so Dean Hall, who, if you don't know, is the original creator of the uh, Arma mod, which turned into a standalone game called DayZ on the PC, which was a multiplayer sort of open-world PvP zombie survival-type game, which then launched uh, an inordinate amount of imitators, um, which all, like, sucked categorically more than that, and to be honest, DayZ wasn't even really that great. Um, He was chosen to be the face of this, like, uh, Xbox preview program by Microsoft. So he showed up and told everybody that he's presenting his new game. I guess it's called Ion. Um, as I said, I don't think that this was a solid choice for this at all because anyone who knows anything about DayZ, uh, and I remembered watching this happen, he essentially abandoned that thing before it was ever completed. And so you had a bunch of people that bought into DayZ on an early access with all of these grand promises of what it was going to turn out to be, and he collected all his money and did some things with it, and then basically just wrote it off and like moved on to his next thing. So, knowing that, I would not put any faith at all into either his new game... Or early access for the Xbox One. Or early access at all. You want to know what got this early access shit started, really, when you think about it, though? Hmm. Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, that is true, because you could buy into that when it was I think it was early. I think it was like an open beta, and it was free to to, to play around with their shit. It was like open, it was like pretty much shareware, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure, honest. There might have been a version, like an older version of it that was free, but I know when I finally got around to trying it out, like, it was still in beta, but you had to drop, like, 20 or 25 bucks or something to get into it, so... That's really the thing that that jump-started the whole entire play-it-before-we-finally-got-it-done phenomena that's going on Well, of course, because every developer anywhere was just like, holy shit, we can, like, make half a game and people will buy it let's fucking get on that train while it's still good and 
the thing is, is it turned out okay for Minecraft. I mean, obviously. Very well. But, I mean, that was probably a best-case scenario for early access. And then everybody tried to imitate that, and you have now seen basically the worst of it. Um, so this thing, it early access systems just need to die. Like this, I I'm not impressed that this is coming to Xbox at all. Not happy about it. Get open betas, make open betas. You know, test the bugs out if you need to. Don't charge money for it. It's not a complete game. Knock that shit off. No, and I have not bought into this on Steam ever. And if I get an Xbox, I will certainly not be buying into it here either. I I, I can't support this kind of thing. It's just. It, I disagree with it on basically every level. Interesting choice is Microsoft is coming out with a new controller. However, it's not what you think it is. This is not going to be something that's going to be packed in with the system. This is separate from the new controller that they're coming out for their system. It's a mm. controller for competitive FPS people uh, that, that like to have special controllers. And it's called the Elite controller. I mean, at the very least, they didn't spell it like with a one three three seven because then I probably would have just vomited. Or, or that's like early two thousands, yo. Hey, I'm old. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. We, we've we've moved p- past that. We've moved on past Elite Speak. <laughs> that was and, a while ago. And we're all better off for it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, okay. So they're evidently saying that this thing is made specifically for, like, competitive, like, gamers or something. But I don't see how. Like, realistically, if you think about it, any... I feel like any, like, legitimate tournament wouldn't even allow this shit because, like, these Elite controllers are moddable, I guess. That's, like, their whole deal. And that right there, to me, seems like it would throw it out the window for any sort of, like, standardized tournament because they're going to want to use a standard controller. Like, they don't want someone to have, like, a weird advantage over anybody else based on the controller they're using. We're talking about, like, tournaments. And you have to think tournaments are going to... the Tournaments that are going to sanction this are going to be sanctioned probably locally. Like, those at those tournaments we go to at at local game stores. If you have... Everyone has this controller, they're going to authorize it. Right. Okay, but if you're spending $150, which is what this is going to cost, right? I don't feel like that's your casual, like, I go to the local game store and play no, a it's, tournament. No, it's not, but, but the equipment that you're going to use for every tournament is going to be determined by who's sanctioning the tournament, obviously. Sure. So if esports manages to kick off, like, historically, no, they wouldn't authorize shit like this because it was pretty much modified controllers that were pretty much gutted out and changed or a third-party controller that was made specifically for these purposes, like hair triggers, yeah. where you could barely pull on it and uh, you could do rapid-fire a lot quicker and essentially make yourself a better uh, first-person shooter or whatever the case may be. But now that you actually have a first-party sanctioned controller... And it can now get into the hands of everybody and is officially getting the stamp of approval from Microsoft. When you think about it, like, tournament-wise, okay, a lot of tournaments probably still aren't going to have it. But if it gets up to the big ones where the big money is, think about it. When you're having esports where people can take home $2 million, these places, if, if it ever gets this way for FPSs, which it's not there yet, it's only kind of there for, for StarCraft and Koreans and, <laughs> and Dota, um... But if it ever gets to that point where esports takes off and this is a controller that 
is for the Xbox One and it's a Microsoft controller for the Xbox, I can see this thing being sanctioned for that. Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like that's also an extra thing that these tournament coordinators are now going to have to deal with. Like, they're going to have to review every participant's controller and, like, see what they're using and... That just seems weird to me. Like, either that, or it's going to become, like, this extra level, like, extra layer of meta in these tournaments, where then and now it's going to be, like, what's the best way to mod my controller for this particular game? Well, that's, Which that's fine. be cool, I guess, but... Well, now, you're not, like you said, now, now they don't have to check the controllers, because you'd be walking in with, like, a PS3 or Xbox 360 controller that you've internally gutted yourself and made all these illegal modifications to. Now you have a controller that's allowing you to make these mods freely. So anyone, yeah. everyone's at the same kind of playing field in terms of how they can modify and what to do the best. So that's that's fine. The thing that um, I majorly found interesting is that, yeah, it's $150. You're charging $150 for this controller. You've got to be kidding me. That is a crazy amount of money for a controller. I understand you can modify and move around buttons and the D-pad and all sorts of things, but $150? No way. No way. No, not realistic. Not 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 something I'm. You're ever going to see me buy, ever. No matter what system it's out for. No, and but again, like that's not. This is not a thing that they are trying to market to us, like yeah. at all. Have you talked to some of these Call of Duty guys though? Uh, I I try to avoid that. I I, I used to have some people at work <laughs> that played a lot of Call of Duty, and I was asking they they put in like. I've met people who put in less World of War... Like, diehard World of Warcraft players. Mm. They put in less time for that. He was asking me... Uh, I remember this guy was asking me, how do I find this, like, cheap modification software for my PS3? Like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? I'm just trying to track down hackers because I want to maintain my victory streak. Like, they are into it. Uh, there are some people that are into it. That's the market. And they oh, will yeah. buy it. No, absolutely. And it, mm. No, it's not just for tournaments. Like these guys get validation of sitting at home online all the time, just uh, doing it that way. They don't. They don't go into tournaments. That's well, okay. how they view I their validation. That also raises another interesting question: is how much of an advantage is this controller going to provide in an online game space? Then, like, are you just in like casual play? Like, is this now going to? sort of, like, unbalance things to a point where, like, people that are willing to drop $150 on a controller will have, an, like, a tangible advantage over people who are using just a stock Xbox controller. If you know how to use it. I don't think I would have any idea what the hell I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so no matter how God I got at Call of Duty... I don't think it would matter what controller you put in my damn hand. I'm not going to take the time to learn this stupid controller. Like, I don't know. Somehow my controller ended up with, like, three <laughs> sticks and, like, missing an X button. I don't know what's going on. But there is a game coming out by Microsoft that might utilize the Elite controller. Yeah, man. You could drop 150 fucking dollars on your sweet-ass Elite controller so that you can be really badass at Halo 5. Halo 5! Yeah. And we all know this was coming. So, um, Halo 5's coming out, everybody. Just, yep. just so you know, it was at E3. Uh, it looks like Halo 5. There's only one really interesting tidbit about that, and that's just release date. 
Yeah, so uh, really the only thing to note here, because, I mean, as you said, it's we, we, we all know this. We all know it's coming. Um, just like a sort of mildly interesting thing about it is that they said it's releasing towards the end of October, which is different than usual, because usually Halo ends up releasing at the beginning of November to hit that holiday season. So um, it's an interesting change, and the only thing I can surmise out of that is mm-hmm. that they're swapping it around to open up that holiday release window for other things. And that means by December the patch will be out to fix it. Most likely. <laughs> yeah. You can enjoy your holiday season with a not-broken game. <laughs> Just don't buy it in October when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Wait until it is supposed to come out, and by that time, it'll be fixed. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and speaking of sequels, uh, Dark Souls 3 is coming out. Um, the They didn't really show any actual gameplay was during the conference. Was at Microsoft's conference at first? Was it at Microsoft's first? Uh, yeah. That's... I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, so, again, no gameplay, but again, we... If you have even a passing familiarity with Dark Souls, then you probably didn't really need to see it because we all know how a Dark Souls game plays. And, and Bloodborne and, just came out, and and yeah, and also Bloodborne, which is basically just Dark Souls more or less. Um, so no surprise there. Um, one thing to note, though, and this is something that I have noticed also actually is <clears throat> it looks like they're starting to position the Dark Souls series as an annualized title, which is what they like to do with all of these things that get popular enough. Um, Like Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, all that stuff, you're getting at least one new game every year, and so far we're now on track to be getting a Dark Souls-esque kind of game, whether it actually is Dark Souls in name or in spirit, like Bloodborne, because you know there's going to be a Bloodborne 2. I'm sure that'll happen. Um, we're probably going to be getting one of these every year now. That's what it seems like, and I'm not huge into Dark Souls, but I feel like this is also going to end up leading to some serious burnout, because you can't... <clears throat> Dark Souls, it's a very specific type of gameplay, and I feel like you can't have too many of those in succession because people are just gonna just gonna get tired of it. I, I, this is where I kind of have to disagree with a lot of the voices that are being uh, thrown out at this because a lot of people are saying this they don't like the annualization of the Dark I, Souls series. And I don't think anyone would like the annualization of it. I actually um, just don't like annualization of series to begin with. Oh, I, I, I agree. <laughs> But we're not at the point where Dark Souls is annualized. They're using Bloodborne and saying that because there's Bloodborne, that and it was out, it came out this year, and Dark Souls three is supposed to come out next year. That Dark Souls is becoming annualized. I mean, if you really want to think about it, go look at the history of Doom, right? Mm-hmm. You had Doom, then you had Doom two, then you had Quake, then you had Quake two. I, I mean, I might be getting the order screwed up. But then you had like Unreal Tournament and the Unreal games. And then you had Doom 3. So, I mean, even if you go with the um, the ID series of first-person shooters, not to mention all the other first-person shooters that were trying to do what Doom was doing because it was so revolutionary. Yeah, it, it cre- Doom created a genre, mm-hmm. essentially. I mean, in Wolfenstein 3D. I still stand by Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> I'm going to stand by that uh-huh. because I'm not going to allow you to win on that. Sure. But, um... Yeah, Dark Souls is on its third installment, and really think about it, it's the fourth game in the series because it really started out with Demon Souls. Right. 
Um, but Bloodborne is a different game. I understand it's made by the same freaking people, but it's not annualized if it's a different game. It's just similar gameplay. So you can't say it's annualized. That's, that's I, like saying okay. a, a first-person shooter comes out every week. I feel like that's kind of splitting hairs, though, because like it, it, it literally is... It could have been called, like, Dark Souls colon Bloodborne, and it, no one would have batted an eye. Like, the the UI is almost identical. The gameplay style is almost identical. Like, yes, they made some changes. Like, you don't really use shields in Bloodborne, and instead of that, you have offhands, like, guns and stuff, where you, you know, it changes up how the combat flows. Uh, but for the most part, it is a Dark Souls game. And right. it's made by the same people. And actually, the the creator of the series was involved with Bloodborne where he wasn't involved with Dark Souls 2. Which, also, by the way, he's now involved in 3, which a lot of people are excited about. Um, so, I don't know. I still... It's, it's more of just speculation at this point. True. But there's only but, one. There's only one game like Dark Souls. And yes. if there's only one game like Dark Souls... It only comes out once a year. I'm fine with that. Because look what okay, Mario... There's what, only one game like Assassin's Creed, really, and that still... Prince of Persia? Okay, when have you seen one of those? Uh, they were, like, releasing interchangeably with Assassin's Creed for a while. Okay, when was the last time you saw one of those? Was it this, there was the one after the Cell-Shaded one. I think they had two after the uh, Cell-Shaded one. Uh -huh. They tried to reboot the series. Because um, uh, it's been a while since we've seen one. Yeah. But they were releasing interchangeably with Assassin's Creed. I mean, that's like, but I mean, if we go with this argument of Dark Souls and people are starting to get concerned, I still say it's a far cry from what was happening, in the happening with the platformers in the, uh, for shit, the 80s and 90s. It's, it's a far cry that was happening with fighting games in the 90s, because Capcom was not just making Street Fighter, they're making tons and tons and tons of fighting games. And so was SNK, and no one was bitching then. No one was complaining about all the first-person shooter Doom clones that were coming out in 1995 through well, fuck now. You, I mean, and no one was complaining about that. the swath of RPGs, JRPGs that was coming out between Final Fantasy VII and the mid of the PlayStation 2 era. I mean, you say that no one was complaining, but there were also like a lot of really crappy like Doom clones. Back but then. no one was crying so. the way they're crying about like, oh no, Dark Souls might become an annualized release. Okay, here's the problem. This is this is the problem with like this annualization thing. It's not that you're getting like with the shooters, you're not you're getting like a bunch of knockoffs or whatever. That's not the problem. The problem is is that we have a very like proven track record at this point. And I'm using Assassin's Creed as an example because that's the one I'm more familiar with because I don't... I played the original Call of Duty because the World War II campaign and that was excellent and I don't give a shit about multiplayer. It, that thing went off the rails, but I digress. Um, but with Assassin's Creed, the problem with an annualization is that you have very short development cycles for games that are huge and require to be good longer development. De development time and you you're not getting it when your you know publisher or whatever is forcing you to put out a new title every year because they want to make sure they hit that holiday season so you're getting games that progressively get not only more broken uh, but more watered down like from like a mechanics standpoint from a narrative standpoint from everything like you're getting lesser versions of games because development houses are being pushed 
to crunch into like a year or less time these games that really ought to take more. Now, I know in a lot of cases they've been trying to <clears throat> rectify that to where they're sort of staggering things to where they'll start development on the next title like almost at the same time. So they're like they're doing parallel development in titles where they'll release one one year, but they're working on both and then they'll release the next one after and it's sort of like this cyclical thing so that you get more dev time. But I still think that it's an issue. I don't think it would have been as much of an issue for Assassin's Creed. Now, I, I do agree with you that, look, if you're, a series needs time to breathe in between releases. Yeah. I think, well, ideally, yeah. it's two years in between release. That gives enough people enough time to, uh, you know, play the game, enjoy the game, and start to anticipate the next one. Ideally, you do, you do two years. Yeah. Where yeah. Assassin's Creed went off the rails is when it went with Assassin's Creed. Uh, Assassin's Three. Assassin's Creed 3 and it decided let's go to colonial United States with no real tall buildings which is what we've thrived on in the series yep. and try making this an open world Cabela's like game hunter and, and that's <laughs> Assassin's Creed big game hunt and then, yeah and then <laughs> and then they're like Assassin's Creed Pirates okay, or Assassin's Creed 4. But that one and, was actually good. I mean, it was good, but it already went off the rails and then it lost its identity. Well, and if you're an annualized yes. series, you need to maintain your identity, you need to maintain quality, and if you even it dip for a second and then you choose to change your identity and then you start releasing games like out the wazoo like they've been doing recently. I can't even keep track with all the games in this freaking series right I now. I mean, if you're talking about going off the rails as far as annualization goes, it would be the point where they released two games simultaneously in the same year. Which is what they did last year. Yes. that That is the point where, like, they jumped the fucking shark. Like, that's, that's too much. No one needs that much of one franchise in a year. Like, yes, I agree. Like, one game... Every other year, it gives you enough time to enjoy it, take some time, fucking breathe from it, then come back refreshed and be like, oh, I remember liking this game. I would like another one now. Like, fuck, I haven't even... I say it's a good game. Uh, that's only from, like, experience with other, like, people. Because I actually have not had a chance to play Black Flag yet. That's how far behind I am. Like, I still... I Well, I'm not going to finish 3... But I got through about three quarters of it. Um, Trudged through. It actually was. Like, I had to force myself to even get that far, which is unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, I haven't even got around to playing four yet. And there have been how many fucking titles that have come out since then? God, like, no. At least, what, three? Well, you have, you have Rogue, you had Unity, you had the, the, the portable games. I don't even know what they're for. There's there's a lot of them. There's the one in China. There's yeah, well, I'm I don't I'm not know. I'm not even counting the portable ones because I don't even own the systems for which. Well, since Unity, no on. major console releases come out yet. I don't think has uh, it. I don't even know. I like I don't even care. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I Unity say, was last year, so there's one. I mean, they're having that that one in London. Syndicate. Well, I was gonna say I will say that Syndicate. Uh, okay, falling for it. I am and. And I hate them for it because I actually really like that setting, and I'm just hoping it doesn't suck shit because like I really want that game to be good. 
A lot of people are looking forward to the next Rainbow Six game, Rainbow Six Siege. I am not one of them, but I don't a lot of people are. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that one really quickly. That's not a new thing. We've known about it for a little while already, but mm-hmm. they they showed some more gameplay uh, demo during the uh, during the conference and. Based on some of the experiences from people who have played in the alpha of Rainbow Six Siege, one thing to note is that the gameplay that you saw uh, at the conference probably not indicative of how the game actually plays. It was like a very structured experience to, you know, put their best foot forward for this thing because uh, from what I've gathered from people reporting from the alpha, uh, it's... Things don't go that smoothly when you're playing with just like random people. I, I still, I still think that if they're going to do a Rainbow Six game, the only way to really play it isn't on a console like this Microsoft console, Microsoft's uh, conference. Mm-hmm. The Rainbow Six game, you're, it's team-based tactical first-person shooters. Get a PC. <laughs> do it on PC. Well, that was that's always been my argument for FPSs. I I hate playing them with a controller, but a WASD mouse, best way to go. That. That is truth. Other announcements coming out of Microsoft because it's an it's actually an Xbox One exclusive right now. I don't we may not last forever in terms of it being exclusive, but mm-hmm. they haven't indicated how long this timed exclusive is going to be. But it's going to be Tomb Raider, uh, whatever the next Tomb Raider game is called with Lara Croft, and apparently it's uh, looking like Tomb Raider, the last one. Yeah. So the trailer showed, you know. Uh, Lara and some dude. Lara. 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 Whatever. She's British. Tits McGee. Uh, Boobs. (laughs) uh, Although they they did kind of tone that down in in the reboot. They weren't quite as like cartoonishly huge as they used to be. Give us some time. That was before implants, right? Mm. You never know. Maybe that'll be a mod. It it could happen. Your PC brethren can make that a mod. I mean, they've done it before. I'm not saying they won't. I mean, it could happen again. PC gamers are a strange breed. That was, I mean, that was one of the big deals with like the original Tomb Raider is that everybody was looking for the nude patch for that game. <laughs> well, now the graphics are better. Now it's something to actually look forward to. Hey, man, flesh flesh colored polygons are serious business. Hey. But uh, yeah, I mean, so it showed showed Lara Lara with uh, some dude like. Climbing some icy shit with a pick, uh, the same pick, presumably that you had in the last game, and um, honestly, I, it looked like a lot of just the same kind of Tomb Raider. Um, some of the weapons shown will be returning, like the bow and stuff like that. The only thing that came out of that one that is kind of cool is that hopefully it seems there might be more actual raiding of tombs, which. To be fair, I think they did a pretty good job with that in the the reboot. Like the little offshoot, like tomb areas and stuff that you could explore, like apart from the main like areas and storyline, were pretty cool. I liked them. They were like little mini puzzles in their own right. Um, it looks like they might be expanding on that with this one. So as much as we're kind of downplaying it, um, I, I'm. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I probably won't buy it right away, but you know, I, I will definitely want to play it because I enjoyed the reboot. I think one of the reasons it's getting downplayed is because the reason Tomb Raider really started losing its audience is because the games got so similar. Yeah. Like, Tomb Raider 1 through 
whatever came out when they stopped making them. I think it was like for the PS2. It's like The Last Guardian. I might not be. That's nah, not right. But um, they were just so similar, and they just got so repetitive. And it, I think that's the lot of worry with Tomb Raider coming out. And the next one being so similar to the previous one is that the series was it, it got just mundane. Well, I mean, but honestly, with a concept like that, like how how much can you really change? Like, I mean, Uncharted did it. I suppose. I don't know. I'm not, like, super familiar with Uncharted, but, like, I, I just don't see how much they could expand on that. I mean, it's a very, like, straightforward sort of concept. Like, other than mechanics, I guess. But even then, they tried to change some of the things with, like, the later Tomb Raider games before they did the reboot, and from what I recall, they weren't exactly received all that well. So, it's sort of like a Catch-22 where people want more of what they expect but they want different at the same time and that's in a lot of cases somewhat unrealistic but uh speaking of things that you uh know and love and come to expect um rare no we don't know and love rare anymore we don't know what the fuck it is i but i I remember i remember what they used to be we used to love them yeah now now they are just somebody we used to know but hey <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's right. Rare, rare pop culture st- reference for today. I don't even know how you know about pop culture because I don't. I listen. I am surprised as you are. Okay, you got it. Knocked yeah. out of the park. I think that was like so that you got 2013. Yeah, that was so like 2012 two years you know, ago. There you go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, rare recognizes that we don't love them anymore, but we used to, uh, and they recognize that as well because. They're coming out what I think is a fantastic game collection where they have 30 games for $30 coming out for the Xbox One, spanning pretty much all the time that Rare was relevant, starting in 1983 to uh, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts back for the Xbox 360. Unfortunately, due to presumably James Bond licensing, uh, GoldenEye will not be included in that, which is a shame. But Perfect Dark will be in there. Yes, but Perfect Dark will be there. Um, so for, yeah, I mean, for 30 bucks for 30 games, especially all of those really classic rare games, that's a, that is a good deal. Battletoads so, Arcade is on there. <laughs> yeah. That has never been released on a console. Yeah, so if you, if you never had the chance to play these the first time around, like, this is basically a no-brainer, because these are some of the, some of the major classics from, from yesteryear. I think they need to change the title. Yeah, it's not going to be called uh, whatever they want to call it, Rare Replay, or it needs to be called the the Rise and Fall of Rare. Because mm. you think about it, you could play everything going up. I mean, you're not going to have Donkey Kong Country, obviously. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Right. But I mean, you're going to get Killer Instinct and Battletoads, and you see it develop. Conquers Bad Fur Day, which you could pretty much release that for thirty dollars on the Xbox One, and people would buy it. Yeah. Considering it's one hundred and twenty dollars for N sixty four, Blast Core. You're going to get all those fantastic N64 games. Killer Instinct Gold is going to be on this disc. And then you start seeing games like Grab by the Ghoulies and <laughs> Perfect Dark Zero. Uh, and I actually thought Viva Pinata was a very good game, but Banjo-Kazooie uh, Nuts and Bolts was not very well received. So, uh, no. So, no, it wasn't. Especially considering that game had, like, 
totally like self-referential humor in it where it was just like it was basically making fun of the players like the dialogue in that game was just like hey you wanted another fucking game like the ones before but let's get some fucking car building cause why not bullshit so I think they should retitle it the rise and fall of rare and just be happy we're not putting any connect games on this disc ugh <laughs> No, but because it's, even, it is, it's fantastic. I'm happy they're doing it. No, because even Microsoft didn't like recognize the Kinect this time around. But they did talk about their their new hotness. Apparently, the the Kinect is uh, old hat. It's being it's being left out in the cold. Um, the uh, the Hololens, which looked pretty cool, though. Uh, all right, so I have some thoughts about that one. But um, what do you do with it? That's actually the thought that I had about it. <laughs> like, okay, so they demoed this thing with Minecraft, because why the fuck not? Um, and, you know, it like, you get a projection on a wall so you can see that, and then, like, the dude that was doing the presentation, like, he did this thing with, like, a table nearby where he, like, did this god hand type thing and like, created a hologram and, like... The tech is actually really good quality. Like it's lightning bolt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can cast lightning bolts, and so the tech is pretty cool. And for holograms and stuff, the quality is actually really impressive. The question, as as Chris started in on, is why? Like what? What is what is the purpose? Because this seems like something that you're gonna show off to your friends when they come over to the house, and you're gonna fuck around with it for like you know, one or two times, but I don't feel like it's going to have any long-lasting appeal. It just feels way too gimmicky. The way I looked at it, the technology, to me, was very impressive. I just don't see how it fits in the world of gaming. I mean, essentially, all I see is, like, video game voyeurism. Yeah. Like, spectatorship. Now, um, do I can see this working really well in a God Sim game. That would be, you know, like, let's say, like, yeah. the other updated Act Razor. Or fucking black and white. Or black and white. Yeah. And you you have to, or shit, like, even, like, a Lemmings game. I could see Lemmings working really well with the HoloLens. You know, you have it on a table, and you have to, you know, raise and uh, lower land masses with your hands and, and take a, and alter the landscape and have it on a table. That'd be really cool. But I just don't see it. In terms of the games that are popular now, or on a mass scale, it being like, what what would you do? It's not like you could be all that interactive. It's more observing and, and plotting and, and being tactical. Um, I, I just can't see it being I successful actually, what we play. No, and so I actually see this as having far more applicability in other, in other sectors. Like... I could totally see this being utilized by like forensics, forensics, or the military, mm-hmm. or I mean, I, I mean, because I, I, of course you, <laughs> you're going to have more like practical experience with this than I am. But in my head, in my fucking war games head of mine, mm-hmm. like I'm seeing, you know, uh, somebody using a Hololens to basically create a holographic version of you know the the table with a map and figures on it like for strategic like military placement that's what i see in my head is like 
this will be the holographic, like, futuristic version of that, where, like, you've got, like, a, a topical map um, of a, you know, a, a zone, and then you can fuck around with it with your hands and place things and, you know, set up strategies, and that at least that's the way I see it. Be a hell of an RTS. You can make a good RTS. Probably yeah, man, longer. you could command and conquer the shit out of that with some hollow lens. So... There are some possibilities, I think, in the gaming space, but as I said, I actually think this tech is probably going to be more useful elsewhere, which is fine. It's fine. Like, if it gets if it gets utilized in other spaces, that's awesome. I just don't feel like it's going to mesh very well with games as they exist today. Or just be too dependent. If you're playing with the HoloLens, you'd still have to depend on other players. Yeah. And that... Uh, like who's gonna want to be the Hololens guy? Although this does, I think, actually sort of give a good uh, explanation to our uh, question with the Oculus last week. Yeah. yeah, about how how they were going to differentiate their Hololens from Oculus. This makes it pretty clear at this point, I think. Yeah, but see, I think that still shows that there's people in Microsoft that realize that. This thing probably isn't going to be the, the the major thing, which is why they're going with Oculus. There's no, I don't see the Hololens having any chance of even having the impact VR could have. Like it's 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 a distant distant third. I already think VR is a distant second to the way we play games. I don't think it's going to be that successful. I don't think the Hololens is going to fare anywhere near as well as VR. No, I don't think so. And and like I said, I think it's a great idea, and I think the tech is really impressive. Tech is awesome. Um, I, I I hope it doesn't die. I don't want it to die out. Like I think if we can find some like really useful applicability somewhere else uh, outside of gaming, then I think that's probably for the best. Because it would be a shame for this kind of tech to just sort of like fade away. So that was Microsoft's conference. Uh, I was I was personally impressed with everything Microsoft put out. Of course, it, it had its main stable stuff like Gears of War, Forza 6, Halo 5, all that stuff like that. Um, the major announcements, backwards compatibility, got me really psyched. Uh, a lot of exclusives, which is really psyched, I think, out of everyone, you know, other than Nintendo, really. But, I mean, that they only make exclusives. Microsoft had some nice exclusives. Really liked their conference. Um, makes me actually want an Xbox One. Makes me uh, rap more than a PlayStation 4. Uh, I thought it was a really good conference. I thought overall, out of information, the best conference out of E3 from what you get. And here be the end of part one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.